0: One. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Spinner Act. It's me, your host Calvin Ellis. Ready for work. And we got a special guest today. Introduce yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's Professor C. A. Back in the building.
0: You are Professor C. A. <sighs> Hello. Yeah, hear- I, I didn't hear you at all.
1: You just were, you were blank. Oh, no, I'm saying, how's everything out where you are? Professors? Oh, well, it's cool, man. Weather, you know, weather's always nice out here. Um, right now, the air quality is dope. Hopefully, knock on wood, that will continue. All right. Well, it's wet over here.
0: It's fire over there. It's the end of the world. So before that, we're going to get you, we're going to get them together over here so we can have a look at the film, The Green Knight. I, myself, the resident Arthurian ex, uh, Arthurian, literature expert, you know, was really interested in this film and both Mario and Petey said, we want nothing to do with this. So I was able to cajole Professor C.A.E. to come in from the West Coast and do this particular show. Okay, so let's get right into it. As you're the guest, Professor C.A., why don't you give us a little overview on the film? Okay, and then we can get into it.
1: All right, so here's the overview. Again, this is a chivalric uh, romance tale um, in the set, in the true sense of the word, romance—not a love story—but um, just in terms of a type of film. So, yeah, it's set in the days of of uh, Arthur, um, even though it's kind of really downplayed. And basically, what happens is it's Christmas. Uh, they're about to celebrate, and uh, it, around the round table, and then in walks in a knight made of green. Uh, green meaning nature, and he comes in and he's like, hey, um, let's play a game. You know, who want to step to me right now? I will let you strike a blow to me with no resistance. And then, yeah, we'll see what it is. And if you strike, strike me down, then you know what? All I ask is that you let me do to you what was done to me a year from now. So Arthur's like, yo, I would love that smoke but I am getting up in age, so I can't take that. Surely, one amongst my people will do it. A little bit of an awkward pause. But his nephew, Sir Gawain, says, you know what? I'm ready to jump into this and take this challenge, especially since just a few minutes ago, I was having a problem kind of figuring out why do I belong here when I'm not a knight? And I, haven't, I don't have any great tales of my adventures to tell. So this is my opportunity for that adventure. Foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, he strikes, he, he strikes the knight, cuts off his head. Um, Arthur kind of gives it a look like, damn, bro, that was extra. Then everybody claps. Um, the knight picks up his head, bounces, says, see you in a year. And that's where we start this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll get right into it. I didn't enjoy the film at all because it came, it came from a place of it came from a place of modernity without any, without any regard for the original tale. Okay. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I looked at a lot of the reviews and the reviews tended to be very favorable, but I also have an understanding of critics when they go into films. And a lot of times these guys are so surfaded when it comes to films. They've seen almost all of the techniques and so on and so forth. So if the different, they tend to be a lot more favorable or if the acting is, you know, above <laughs> is above par, they'll tend to be a bit more favorable. And, you know, story seems to be something that comes way out of, uh, it seems to be way out there for them at the end of the day. So if, if we're suitably entertained within the morass of films that they have to watch, and I understand they watch a lot of films, if not every film that gets released over the course of the year, plus a whole bunch of other stuff, then, you know, the, re, you know, the reviews can be a bit more favorable. However, I don't believe the majority of film, uh, the people who reviewed this film have any real idea about uh, Sir Gawain in the Green Knight, the poem that the story the poem that the story is oh God it's loosely based on at the end of the day. Or you know any, any of the tropes, motifs, you know symbolism that was actually in that particular story this was just a, you know, this was a vehicle that somebody decided to option and there's a lot of name recognition and again there's name recognition as post as opposed to just going in with something else. I can sell this to a studio, like, hey, if I did a modern up, if I did a modern uh take of Gawain and the Green Knight and so on and so forth, I think you think we can get this done and I'll get a particular actor so I can get this on. But the poem itself, uh for instance, when the green knight comes in and he's dressed in green, uh mm-hmm. yeah, that is some, that is you know symbolic of nature. Uh but part of and this is one of the uh, the sub-themes of the film is yeah. the struggle of man against nature, what that particular conflict. Yeah. And is it possible for a man to surmount nature, to surmount his own nature? And we find that over the and we find that over the course of the, of the story. So those things that I'm like, okay, if you come in and this, and I still get to see some of those things, okay, I might be able to go a little bit further with the modern takes. But unfortunately, I'm coming in here and this is everything, it's the modern stance, not only on it's a modern view of what sh- of what they believe chivalry actually was number one but also a modern view on humanity that pretty much we're just flawed effed up creatures at the end of the day maybe just maybe we'll get something right at the very end if we're lucky okay if Gawain is the person that we have to literally depend on as an example of modern day humanity we're screwed okay and you get and you get that from in the very last scene of the film as well
1: wow um t- tough take um I kind of, it's like, I disagree, and I agree with your take. Um, It's definitely a looser translation of the original source material. I do believe the director was a fan of that material. And I think that the film doesn't quite, and I think the director is aware of this, the film on its own merits only hints at the depth of theme in the poem. And I think the movie begs you to to find and and learn more about the original source material to get to get the full kind of uh, feel to kind of get the full effect of the movie you kind of have to be at least be aware of the original source material and the themes within and in a lot of ways I felt like but also as a director I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the um, the benefit of the doubt to kind of look at the things that he changed. Were basically just a way to kind of like okay, how to deal with this for the people. I think he was going for two audiences: people who are familiar or would find out about the source material, and people who were just who just were taking it at face value. Really, you think so? Yeah, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I, I honestly think so because the thing is, he made different. He departed from the text in several places, uh, especially where he kind of reversed things. Where I think I believe in the original poem. Um, Sir Gawain kind of like passed all the tests except for the last one, and then in this one he fails all of the tests except for the last one. Um, and I just thought, I thought that I, I'm not sure why he made that decision, but it was interesting. And I don't know, I feel like if you're familiar with at least the symbolism of at least the pentangle and you know what that is representative of then you can be you could kind of look at him like okay you could kind of rock out because he he in this quest every one of those chivalric of virtues were tested and i appreciated that so from that regard i thought it was kind of like at least adhering to given offering of of a movie from the 80s uh, of those sci-fi films Whereas, like the last good one I have to kind of like lean on is Excalibur. Here's I have, not necessarily say that this is a modern version of Excalibur in terms of quality, um, thematically, but it is the closest thing, in from my view that I can see this that's available for youth today. So I think like God, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> know you probably think that. But the thing is is like yeah but like this is I feel like if you if you if this movie causes you to read the original source material and then you sit with the movie through that lens I don't know not that bad a movie no actually. i i
0: i feel the director was like look nobody's ever going to go back and read the source material so i can do whatever the hell i want <laughs> Wow. So most of the people, most of the people will watch this and say, "Oh wow, you know that was pretty good." You know, I, you know if they vibe with it, they're like, "Yeah, this is good. This is really what I." And he's pretty much counting on the fact that these people are never going to go back and look to read a poem that was written, you know, six, seven hundred years ago, probably in English that they don't readily understand. Okay, so they can get a deeper meaning of this, and then I can just over hit and rip roar. I can just rip roar and panic at the end of the day. Even the if they have the opening where it's, uh, I mean, it's set at Christmas time. So and that's something else that was totally, I mean, absent from the film. You know, this is a story that's dealing with uh, several Christian themes, or at least sub themes, if you will, throughout this. They're all absent from this one. And then uh, if you want to do the, you know, uh, most people are familiar with Christianity in terms of a Hollywood approach at the end of the day. And, you know, that's the furthest thing from what the actual source material is, especially in Christianity overall, you know, as well. But you come in and it's set during Christmas time. So you have all those, you have all those themes that go along with Christmas, you know, that, that whole Utah thing that's going on. But put that to the side. One of the first things is that Arthur's like, well, I'm getting old, so I can't. Do-. No. In the original thing, Arthur's not old. Okay. Arthur's the king. And it would be beneath the king to have to do this himself when he has all of these knights who should be, these are knights of the round table. Okay. This is Arthur's knights of the round table. These are fabled and famous knights in this particular story. These, this is like a new thing that has happened. In the story, Gawain, in the uh, original poem, Gawain is the uh, one of the youngest, if not the youngest, knight at that time. And the fact that this guy comes in and freezes, you know, all of these knights of, you know, of renown and all of the other knights would have been there. All those legendary knights would have been there. After having to come up himself and do it, that would have been the ultimate humility as a king for him to have to do this. So it wasn't an age thing, but that's, again, that's something that if you are not getting from the original, it just gets lost. And it portrays Arthur terribly. Well, I'm just an old guy. I can't mm-hmm. do this. Before. No, that's not the case at all. But again, those are, you know, that's from the material. And again, I don't think the average person cares. Oh yeah, you know, Arthur was probably old at the time. No, he wasn't. But why should that matter? You're not gonna go read this at the end of the day. The, the five points of chivalry You know where you know again because I'm looking at uh, Gawain's portrayal in the film as opposed to the poem. In the poem, he fails at every he uh, he passes every test with the exception of the last, and that's the most important test. Mm -hmm. Now I I understand you're saying that he fails at all the tests with the exception of the last one, but I'm going through the film. He fails at that one too because we're not giving anything definitive. It says he passes it because they want to end the film ambiguously especially with this whole dream sequence as, well, this is a possibility. We're never given anything definitive as to, well, does he actually sit for this? Is this still part of his dream? What happens afterwards? Because they wanna do the modern take. And the modern take is not to end a story, but it's to leave it on an ambiguous nature, like fatal attraction or something. And the audience can wonder as to what is supposed to happen. Whereas the poem is like, no, this is definitive because there are certain virtues, there's a moral that they want you to extract from this particular story about humanity, even for a night. And these were supposed to be the pinnacles of humanity at the end of, this, at the, end of the day. Because you know, at first blush, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, he fails at everything for the last one. I was like, wait a minute, you, you, you kick yourself in your own ass. Because you decided to end this ambiguously, we have no idea if he even passed the last one.
1: Well, how do you define passing? Because like for me, passing means that he accepted nature that he accepted fate, God's will, whichever those you wanna rock with, but he accepted it. And that was shown by the fact that he was like, oh wait, hold up, takes off the the girdle, Mm -hmm. um, or in this case, the scarf, and sets it aside. Meaning he knows he has no protection. He is at the whim of what his knight's gonna do. He has, he's not flinching anymore. He has accepted his fate. How do you know that's what he did? Huh? How do you know that's what he did? Because he took off the girdle.
0: No, we know that he leaves and then he has this reverie, if you will, of yeah. what the future may hold for him. We we don't know if that reverie ever stopped. We don't even know if that reverie, we don't know if that reverie isn't exactly what happened. And then while he's on the throne, he's thinking back to the day with the Green Knight. And thinking, oh, damn, this may have been what have happened if I had taken it off because okay. it's not definitive.
1: Well, see, so you just added a wrinkle in there. I took it like he, I took it like he went there, was all like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, this is hard, this is hard. And then then had the vision, then flashed back to just being there. And it's like, okay. And then changed as a result of being shown this vision of what of what his life would be. As a mortal man similar to like what he did in the last temptation of christ where like he's given this vision of like what would it rock out to be if i was to be a normal dude and this his vision is like what would it be if i kind of went continued down this path of leaning toward my my worst my worst side of my my worst choices that i could make
0: you're giving you are doing the work that the writer is supposed to do you're giving okay you're filling in those synapses that aren't connected but you wanted they they wanted to be cute, and they wanted to end this ambiguously. So the moment that he walks out and he decides he goes into that vision reverie state, we don't know when it ends.
1: I hear you. No, know, I'm not. Again, I, I mean, like I am debating with you um, for the for the sake of shaking the truth out. But i get yeah, your point's taken. Like you could look at it if you choose to. You could look at it like that. I like you said. I chose to look at it like because for me, the only thing that was ambiguous was whether or not. He lived or not, not like whether or not he cut his head off or not, but not whether or not he passed the test, given the way I interpreted the movie. Now, you could make a fair if you want to go ahead and say that this is that he that this director is making criticism of the of the chivalric values. There's space for that, right? Because if you look at the scene, where the scavenger or the beggar is kind of there. And he's like, not only does he, he, he kind of like give him like a nickel where like, you're like, dude, like Arthur fricking is his army that decimated his village and his people. So like, I could see certain sections where he's kind of making commentary on that, or even when- That's not um, commentary. That's again, that's, that's, that's Hollywood morality.
0: So mm-hmm. this is where we're gonna come over and we're gonna create a scene. All yeah. we know, we see the res- we see the end result and then we see someone who is not a knight. He's right. not a knight, without a doubt. He's not a knight, he has no experience with the chivalric code. And then we put that situation in there. And then of course, what are we gonna say other than this is horrible? We have no idea why the battle was fought. Right. Okay? We have no information other than the ending. We get to see the ending, we get to see the detritus, we get to see this guy acting horrible. That's not a commentary in the Chivalric Code because we don't get to see everything. And just leaves me Leave this guy doesn't understand the Chivalric Code, but that's the modern perspective that all war is bad. Okay, The end result has to be this. The little guy is always gonna suffer. And the people who fight the wars don't really care about these particular people. What's worse is that we're supposed to believe that someone like Gawain would actually gain in virtue and morality over the course of a year in these particular experiences when he doesn't have any to start. And he's this isn't his first year of life or second, he's been around virtuous chivalric knights his entire life and he has none of those values. But we to believe that somehow by the end of this, he gains all of this within, a, you know, within this particular sense of a vision, which again, more modern claptrap. We're gonna get it right. We're gonna get it right just at the very end before all hope is lost or something like, no. That doesn't, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> At the
1: end and of the- also he's going to get it right um, uh, with, with, with a healthy dose of um, deuces Machina.
0: Well, in the, the, the great thing about the original is that we have its definitive. So if you don't like it, that's fine. If you like it, you have particular things that you can definitely point to. If you don't like it, things you can particularly point to. But the fact that you can say, well, my take on this, we don't have a definitive ending. I could be just as right as you are. And that's horrible for a story like this that really is supposed to be about, you know, has, plays on things of human nature and morality. Okay. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, Christian sensibilities at the end of the day, which are totally absent from it. The, uh, the, again, the idea of the original is that Gawain is reminded that as much as he will strive, okay, to be this pinnacle of, hu- of humanity. Okay, to be this perfect knight, he's still human, all right. He's still human at the end of the day, and his shame is actually hidden from everyone else. It's the nick that he receives on the back of his neck from the uh, from the green knight who gives him this the smallest of cuts because that's how impure he was. It was such a small thing at the end of the day, and the guy tells him he chides him, saying, "Well, look, at the end of the day, nobody wants to die, you know. So I can understand that you were you were noble and honorable and everything except this." And Gawain is harder on himself, wearing the green sash for the rest of his life to remind himself of this particular lesson that he learned. The readers also learn that particular lesson, that we're not going to look at these guys as more than human. They're just as human as everybody else. They're going to fall short of these particular things regardless of everything else. And these are things that you can take away from it. I go to the film. What the
1: hell am I supposed to take away from that? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't really have a counter to that in terms of what you're supposed to take away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what the meta commentary that he was going for with that was. I do understand from a creative standpoint why he decided to, to kind of leave it ambiguous, at least in terms of whether or not he lives or dies. Because like, what do you, as a director, what are you left with? And I'm not, again, I'm going, I'm, I'm not coming from it with the um, with the same admiration for the original source material. I don't have a lack of admiration for it. I'm just not as familiar with it as you are. So like, because all you got, cause he's making this whole long trip. And at the end of the day, he, there's only two things you can do to kind of like give us something at the end, especially if you're not gonna be rocking off a specific theme like the source material was clearly doing, which is one, give us him Emotionally facing that the fact that he's going to die, which they did. I was like, okay, I think you better give us some gravy for all of this. Yeah, give us the gravy. Just the whole thing that the whole thing's been building upon is that the tension that the whole town is feeling is that you're going to go. You're going to your death. <laughs> um, and why was his girlfriend telling him like, yo, yo, why are you trying to do that? Better to be good than to be great. This is some bullshit. So I guess it is kind of like, in a way, if you want to have that take that it's like criticism against the silver Um, Yeah, and then he goes, and then the only thing after that you can do now is kind of like give us a sense of having him pass the test It's the way I, it's my interpretation, having him pass the test, but still leaving it ambiguous as to whether or not that deters the Green Knight or nature from, from following his course.
0: If you've passed the test, then there's no, the Green Knight is gonna deter from that horse.
1: Otherwise you did not pass the test. Right, right. Well, yeah, I took it it directly that he's like alive. I took it that when he did that thing around his neck, that was the little nick. And he just says, off with your head, like that, like he did it. Like that was me offing your head and, and you're good
0: because we love ambiguity in the modern world. We don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it was, if I mean, these guys
0: he, skip off. They're like, okay, I did it, I left it ambiguous and that'll leave two people to argue about it rather than say, hey, didn't give a Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So is, is it fair to say that one of your bigger criticisms with this piece is um, that it didn't have a take? or you're, or, and, or you're just left clueless as to what that take could be? Or is the take just to have this kind of modern look at chivalry and say it's bullshit? Well, oh, it, excuse my language.
0: Well, you know, it's pretty much not too far what I was gonna say. It said it takes a classic work of literature and just, you know, and just throws fat at it. Like, you have a great story here. And, I, and the thing is you could have done everything else they do. You have the technology where you could have put stuff in, in terms of science and the cinematography and really trying to get that across. And instead you wanna make it a vehicle for your own devices and your devices aren't very good. Your devices probably aren't gonna be told 700 years from now as you know, like this. So I'm like, okay, what was the purpose in using this? This is a great story. It's without being didactic, you know, it's instructional. Without being preachy, it's moral, okay? You know, without, being overbearing, it's insightful. I'm looking at your film. What am I supposed to, again, this is what it's based on. This is what you decided to do. What am I supposed to take away from this? Other than human beings are terrible things. And that institutions will, well, again, that's the Hollywood uh, premise, modern thing too. Institutions are all evil. You know, they're just, here to, they're just here to keep us down and so on and so forth. And the best that we can help from human nature
1: is to screw up until the very last moment. What else do I take away from this? Hmm. Is there a character who exemplifies that view? And would it be the lady of the house? Because the way that played out, it seemed as if she was looking to take him down the whole time. Like she's like, okay, oh, you and knight? <laughs> I mean, that's the, only, that's the only thing I'm left that could possibly be the case, given how she oh, interacted she, um... with him. When
0: he when he meets the uh, when he meets the mistress of the guy who owns the house and she proposition yeah. and, and he sleeps with her.
1: Yeah, well, he didn't sleep with her, but yeah, yeah. Didn't, she didn't have to work too hard, did she? No, not at all. The only Well, she did have to work a little bit because he was not going to. He if, if it's a normal situation, he was going to be able to resist, meaning you're going to ask for some things, you're going to flirt a little bit, but I'm I'm not breaking you off. Nope. I know that shit's not right. Um. She tries to get him to follow her into her room and, she, and he's like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. not going to do it. And then she goes into his room because obviously like, that's to the like, look, I'm going to have to go into his room. She goes into his room and she's like, well, how come you didn't come follow me? He's like, nah, but you but you still want it, right? And then the scene that followed was uh. <laughs> uh was a scene um which was a hilarious scene given given as to like not like that they did there was not there was an interaction but it wasn't like penetration and so it basically looks like she just serviced him and then left him then made fun of him and shamed him was just like oh you ain't no knight but and then I was like ooh that was cold and then it was a shot that I didn't know that I needed <laughs> in the film. So do, do you think that it was her kind of- um... No, it's Gawain. Okay. It's Gawain. Gawain.
0: If you want to take Gawain, instead of him being an archetypal hero, like yeah. he is in the story, here he's the everyman. He's not a knight, he's the everyman. And what happens? Everyman is where the knight is going to remain resilient in these things because of stronger, uh, because of, of, of stronger, because of intestinal fortitude, more courage, more discipline, all of this stuff. The everyman once, twice. Oh well, you know, I tried. Tw- I, I resisted as much as I could. That's pretty much the end of it. And that's pretty much going to get the end of it at the end of it. So, you know, because you know, in the original story, Gawain is propositioned to the of the house three times. Mm-hmm. She doesn't proposition him outside. She comes to his bedroom each time. So well, mm-hmm. it's just the two of them, it's excluded, you know, she's there and she makes the first proposition and Gawain is kind of like, but the more she makes the proposition, the stronger Gawain becomes, that's the difference. So by that's the second or third bad. time when she comes over, he's like, no, I already passed this test. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to dishonor, you know, the person who's giving me shelter by sleeping with, her. that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's when she, but then when she offers him like, oh, well, this will save your life. That's different. Right, you know that's different. At the end of the day, that's something he can definitely. Well, well, wait a second here. You know, I'm getting. I'm marching to my doom. Okay, and this can actually help me. You know, even if he was being pragmatic, sleeping with you is not going to help me. Okay, right. I'm marching to my doom too. That could just, you know, I like me sending to hell for the adultery. But it could that help me at the end of the day? So yeah, I'm going to take that. But that, that's one of the larger themes of uh, of faith and having faith that this path that you're on. Is the right path is going to end well and that's what he moves, that's where he drops ball with the ball now again if we're talking modern sensibilities faith is not played up in these types of films so that's another thing that's just totally lost whereas you know you could have had a character in Gawain who says look when I stepped up to cut off this guy's head I knew what I was getting into and you know as a knight as somebody who was supposed to be a Christian as well I'm going to submit to my faith and trust that all of these actions that I have done were for the right reason, that defending my king was for the right reason. And I'm not going to take the out there. Well, I'm going to die. So I'm going to do all these nasty things and I'm going to go against my virtues. You know, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to meet my fate with the dignity. Okay. And uh, the belief that I've done the right stuff. And he does that with the exception of one thing in the story. In the film, this doesn't happen. You know, it just doesn't happen. And then we get that, it's both horrible and great because we get to see, okay, this is what we get with someone who is uh, so willing to latch onto their life. They're not willing to give it up. And this is what we see. This is the outcome we see at the end of the day, but you want to be ambiguous about it. So now I, I have no idea if this guy learned anything or if this is all just reverie in his mind. That's another great, that's a great argument for college students if they're working on a paper And I'm saying, well, look, give me your interpretation on the ending. I could definitely get a lot of mileage off of that. But as someone who's consuming film, someone who writes, I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, what did you just present here? You know, this is like, hey, what's for dinner? The secret sauce. Well, what's in the secret sauce? Nothing that I can tell you about. And I'm not giving you anything but the secret sauce. Enjoy. Mm.
1: Well, if it's that Szechuan sauce that got canceled, then, you know, might be worth it. Now, um, well, I don't want you to waste this opportunity as the authoring expert of the spinner rack. Like, okay, so obviously you have um, really critical views of the movie, did not like it, but it kind of wasted the themes and the source material that um, inspired it, so to speak. Uh, So when, so it would be great if you could kind of give us what we missed. Like what are, what are we missing, and what could have been, if it had went along the lines of the original material? What were the themes that were lost? Um, well, like, well, what, some what of the, the stuff I touched on lost? already,
0: and adherence. You know, a, again, this is a the overall theme. The overall theme is honor. At the end of the day, with the original story, okay. Of what that means and you know what that means in terms of Gawain's travels into his and hit what he feels are going to be his last days. Okay. And you know the parts of the you know the parts of the chivalric code and also why it was important for them to have that particular code of chastity, of charity, of all those particular things. So all of that is thrown all of that's thrown out. And an you know, also an understanding of the competing forces of man's nature against nature over, of, against nature overall and then trying to not necessarily control it, but trying to bring the best attributes out of it through faith, through this adherence you know, to a Christian belief. Those are also things that you missed uh, going out with this as well. And because he succumbs, okay, because he succumbs to the mistress, okay, because he succumbs to the mistress, we, we, we don't get to see okay, what is the virtue of, of chastity. At the end of the day, this is a guy right over here who shows no, you know, I'm not gonna do this because this guy is providing me shelter in my last days. Mm-hmm. And why that's a noble thing, and why that is a treasure thing at the end of the day. That even at one point it shame, you know, it makes the wife look shameful at the end of the day. So those, I mean, there's a lot more, but those particular things right there you lose because you've decided to accentuate the negative.
1: Hmm. Hmm yeah so it's kind of hard to tell given the perspective you put on it it's kind of hard to tell if even kind of hard to tell what is the actual commentary given that we don't know how he came to that vision and his ultimate and where did his ultimate um acceptance come from if it wasn't the year before, which we never, which we don't see anything of, if it wasn't the journey itself, where he failed most of the tests.
0: But they're still coming into, you're coming into this with the pre, we uh, are coming into this with the, with the uh, outcome that Gawain does make the right decision in the end, if I'm understanding, if I'm getting you correct. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I, I don't envy you if that's where you're, um, if, if that's where you are, because that's, that's hard. Exception, that's going to be exceptionally hard to, to justify and to argue because they did such a good job of making him an unpalatable person all the way through this. I mean, you know, Gawain is, I mean, Gawain by all stripes in our regular walk of life would be a terrible person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did deny um, that the woman he was hooking up with was his, that he loved her or maybe he did love her Given, given that he lets the lady snatch the little bell that she gave him and that he also seems to have had no, no plans to make her a lady or his lady.
0: Why should he? He's getting the milk for free.
1: Wow. What if he's lactose intolerant?
0: Obviously he's not.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, well, put it like this. No problem. But if you get it for free, obviously. You yeah, you're gonna have to speak up. You're trailing off a little bit.
0: Oh, sorry. No, I yeah. said, look, you know, you know, people, you can, uh, you can definitely look at it the modern way. But bottom line is, if you're getting the milk for free, why would you pay for it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I get. Well, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the film at least visually. It was very capturing. He did get, he just kind of like write, he did for some reason bring this level of um, reality to it that I didn't think he needed to because he kind of gave himself an out um, in terms of the scene with the giants. He kind of wrote in like a little out because he had Girl Wayne um, eat those berries and then throw them up, kind of implying that they were poisonous and possibly hallucinogenic. <laughs> um, so I was kind of like, oh, okay, and then, <laughs> and then you see the scene with, with the, the dog talking and uh, singing to the Giants, and, <laughs> you know, making it seem as if like he's just on a, a trip from that point on, so to speak, a different type of trip. There's nothing wrong with those berries. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, there's nothing wrong with the but it's good because he, he, he played, those aren't oh. You were the viewer, oh
1: maybe
0: this no, no, oh, maybe he's a up character. Yeah, yeah. I've like eaten all the berries in the world. It wouldn't change the fact that if he was hallucinating, if he was hallucinating, he's still hallucinating
1: that he's a bastard. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying that as a like writing himself out of being a bastard, he was just writing himself out of the the more fanciful aspects of the magic that was happening.
0: Well, if if that if knowing that's- that we were about to
1: get introduced to giants.
0: Nah, you can't because you, you can't do that, and then you have to go back and say, okay, we'll
1: find. Does he eat these berries when he sees this green giant? Exactly. Who can take his head off? And yes, I don't really even know why he did that. Was there a scene in the poem in which he ate berries or something? There's no scenes in the poem we ate berries, and if he did, it wouldn't matter, because
0: Arthur's time period is a time period where magic and faith are are, are in the land. Yeah. Okay, they're not at war with each, and they're not at war with each other either. Gawain can accept a magical item without it being against, his, uh, being against his faith because it's not an evil magical item. You know, if, it, if it's something that would actually help him in to preserve his life, there's no problem with any of that. So the idea of these guys, oh, we, we can't do the magical aspects because, you know, we don't want to get too hokey, you know, magic and so on and so forth. Even though this is a totally fictional film that is no by, by any stretch of the imagination real. Let's not go too far with it. Let's try to keep it grounded in reality, as much as we can, in this work
1: that is totally fiction. Yeah. See, I have no idea why he did that. Because it was so obvious that he was setting it up that it was like a hallucinogen. That I don't know. He
0: can't tell he... a
1: story. Damn. Okay. Well, um, on a scale of uh, one to five stars, what would it be fair to say that you rate this movie? Zero. <laughs> All right, so uh, there's no redeeming qualities. And if you had to do over again, you would not watch this film.
0: If I had to do it over again, would I not watch this film? Yeah. I'm gonna watch the film because I usually consume a whole bunch of stuff that is related to Arthurian literature, legend, and lore. So the only way I'm gonna know if it's good or not, I have to watch it. I have to read it, so on and so forth. I just listened to a lecture that was horrible about Yvain, the Knight of the Lion. And I'm like, my God, I can't believe I put myself through an hour of listening to this. But I do, because if there's some information that I didn't know, or if there's some analysis that improves my understanding of it, I really want to know that. So I'm going to watch this whatsoever. However, I'm not going to be a soft touch by any stretch of the imagination about this particular thing, since I'm pretty well versed in, I mean, I'm not I'm not a college professor who has done doctoral work on this stuff, but I'm positive that I have better than an average understanding of it. And I'm going to look at this and say, no, this is a, I mean, good grief. I mean, it, it's literally like taking like a really well-made dinner and then just coming over and taking monkey scat and throwing it on it. And I'm like, what for? Delicious. If you wanted to do that, just do that on your, you can do that on your own. But the whole idea isn't to come over, hey, watch this, watch me. You know, It's like bringing people in, let's watch you know, Chef Boubile make this great meal and then he's gonna throw scat on it. And then you come there just for the shot value or the sight value of it, but not for the actual meal that uh, was being prepared. Here, you had a great thing that was already there. There's a bunch of stuff you might've been able to do with, it with the technology that you have, if not so much the story. And here, they're just telling me, you don't know how to, you're not a good storyteller. You may do good visuals, uh you may be able to uh you know do some moments here and there that people are like, oh, oh, you know, you can do some uh some jaw drop, slack jaw moments or something of that
1: nature, but you're not a good storyteller. Yeah. All right, cool. Guess we sum that up. Um, is there anything uh that you can point toward um viewers who are kind of like watching this and be like, okay, well, if you know, if Calvin didn't really like this. What are, where would you point people who are really thirsting for those heavy themes and some good and a better quality Arthurian uh, tale?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, if you're actually thirsting for Arthurian legend and lore, uh, I don't really happen around that many people, but if you are, you know, feel free to you know put some stuff in the comments after you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we can definitely have some more discussion about it there. I can definitely put some links in for you if you're interested in it. Uh, beside besides that, you know, uh, we can continue the discussion there rather than me uh, just put it in uh, the the tail ending of the show. Cool. Sounds good. Professor C.A., thank you for making the journey all the way from the West Coast, battling the fires, battling the bad air and being able to do the show. It's appreciated every time that you can uh, be guest star. I appreciate it. I didn't want to do the whole thing on my own and just come across, oh God, this was so terrible. Even though it's pretty much, oh God, this is so terrible. At least, uh, hopefully, uh, having Professor CA gave us some more balance than it would have been on my own. Any last words to people?
1: Well, you know, uh, I, you know, thank you for appreciating me taking the time to fly out. I mean, it was a long flight, and boy, are my arms <laughs> tired. But, uh, uh, yeah, but now it's always a pleasure to come hang out with you guys and you, especially. Um, Calvin, and kind of like break this kind of stuff down. And if anything, it makes me more inspired to kind of reread or read deeper into the poem itself, so I can really kind of come across and get to that level that you're on with it right now.
0: All right. On that note, out. Out.